Hello and welcome to Lawrence Fork in Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen, and today we're interviewing Will and Hannah Sue from Lucky Seb's Dumpling Bar and Grill. Before we get started with the show today, we just wanted to say a quick thank you to all of our listeners. We were super excited to find out that we came in second place in the podcast category for Best of Lawrence for the second year in a row. Yeah, it really means a lot to us. You know, with last year, you know, with COVID going on and everything, it was really, um, really tried to make it a point to, you know, keep keep doing this and try to keep, keep, uh, keep at it and keep learning about all the great places we have in town and um, yeah, it's just been a really fun adventure for us. So, um, so yeah, just thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us and voting for us and, uh, hope to keep bringing you new episodes and, uh, starting with today, we got a really good one. We're really excited for you guys to hear. So, um, with that, let's get on with the show. Today, we're talking with chef and owner, Will Sue and owner, Hannah Sue from Lucky Seb's Dumpling Bar and Grill. Will and Hannah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you who haven't been there yet, first shame on you, but, um, but yeah, really lucky, lucky Sebs, we, you know, we're fairly recently opened and, and you guys have been cranking out some really great food. I mean, you got, you really nailing the, the dumplings and the fried chicken and the street chicken. We just, uh, really haven't had a bad thing yet and, um, just, just love what you're doing there. So we're just really excited to talk to both of you and kind of learn more about, how this came to be. So thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having us. This is going to be pretty fun, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're really excited. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, well, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Are you both from Lawrence originally? Well, if you got to know the truth, I'm actually born in Missouri, Ooh. but my family <laughs> moved us over when I was about two. I tell people I'm from here just because I don't remember anything in my life uh, prior to like five years old. Mm-hmm. But since then, I've spent the last five, 35 years in Lawrence. All I'd right. say I'm an LFK resident. Yeah, you're a, you're a townie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, Hannah? Um, I, I am a transplant. Nice. I am actually originally from Northwest Arkansas, so not too far away. I was uh, born and raised in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Oh, nice. So I moved up to Kansas City in 2014 for a job, mm-hmm. and then I ended up moving out to Lawrence to be with him 2018. 2018. Sounds about right. So I've kind of, Lawrence is pretty similar in a lot of ways to Eureka Springs. It's kind mm-hmm. of got its little weirdness and mm-hmm. I, 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 it's, I feel like it's adopted me and I've adopted it. So no nice. plans to leave, but definitely a transplant. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, um, so have you guys always worked in, in the food, you know, industry or food service and, or is that fairly new? I have, mm-hmm. I'd say my entire life, my parents had a, a Chinese buffet in that exact spot that we're in. Oh, wow. Since the 80s. Oh, wow. So, well, in late 80s up until the mid to late 90s, they were, um, they had a Chinese buffet there. I mean, the school bus dropped me off to the restaurant <laughs> really? after school, and I would take naps underneath a prep table and help my mom uh, oh. fold crab rangoons, make some <laughs> egg rolls, wash dishes. Um, but it wasn't until, I want to say 2008 or 2009, they had a different restaurant also in Lawrence. 
And I was their front of house staff uh, while I was just taking classes here and there at Johnson County or KU. Um, but my dad had forced me to learn how to cook in the event his kitchen staff were to disappear one day. Um, Not murdered, just <laughs> regular, regular disappearances. Well, I wouldn't exclude okay. any of that either. Um, so I actually hated it because they didn't have AC back there. Mm. It's like my parents just didn't believe in AC because they didn't have it in their old restaurant either. But it was hot, and it, I've never I've never cooked professionally. Mm -hmm. In fact, I really I was actually a pretty bad cook in general, even at home. Mm. Uh, my dad just kind of threw me in, so he wasn't a great teacher. Um, mm. But as soon as I got to got a hang of it, it was actually really thrilling. Yeah. And um, the more I shared my experiences with my, among my friends. I realized that chicks dig guys who can cook. <laughs> so I enrolled myself into culinary school over at Johnson County and slowly, step by step, just picked up the, uh, the, the foundations, the basics of cooking. Um, but at some point, it wasn't enough to just work at my parents' place, um, only knowing one type of cuisine. Mm -hmm. So... I had set sailed and left and went to um, cook at other restaurants mm -hmm. and just to add on my my skills. And I, I can attest to the fact that chicks dig chefs. <laughs> I'm I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. So so Hannah, how did you? Uh, so I guess did you you met uh, met Will after uh, after? Yeah. These? So he was he was a chef when I met him and made mm -hmm. me fat. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a good fat, I guess. I'm a happy, happy fat. Um, so I uh, was living in the Kansas City area when mm. we met. And I'm actually, uh, well, I was a full-time immigration attorney at that time. Oh. And so now I, I do two days a week in Overland Park. So, but yeah, suffice it to say, this is my first restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very um, cool. But... <laughs> But I uh, I did do like serving and stuff like that in like college and law school and I did right. some front of house stuff. So um, I'm a little bit more familiar with that. But as far as like working a line, this yeah. is definitely my first go at it. So, but she's killing it. Uh, I was surprised that you know I've just what few weekends into it, she was cranking out. Just hundreds of dumplings. Yeah, dumpling a night. station. It's very hot. <laughs> without really screwing up, without messing up, hardly. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. It's got to be kind of intimidating to come into something that can be, you know, kind of its own culture, you know, and then just get kind of thrown in and yeah. do it. So that's that's it, really cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice for me because I I was a little burned out at my job at the time, and um, it was really nice for me to be able to work towards something that was like ours mm -hmm. and you know something i was i didn't own my own firm or anything like that i kind of worked for someone and so um to be able to work towards something that's mine and that i'm investing in and i get to see you know the value in it and the returns was really cool um and it like you know i've thought about starting my own law firm but to me that's too risky <laughs> like it's just too much responsibility but yet i'm i guess i'm okay with the restaurant now i don't know <laughs> the most risky thing yeah. Yeah. I, there's more of a fail rate in restaurants <laughs> i guess it's okay to get burned dumplings <laughs> 
So, um, but yeah, it's been nice to work that side of my brain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's been a nice break. That's awesome. Yeah. So how, so how I always like, you know, it always fascinates me. So, all right. So you had these experiences. So it's like, what, what drove you, you know, so then how did the idea of lucky subs come and like, how did you make that? you know, take the plunge there and say, let's do this. Cause that's a big step, right? It's one to thing go from thinking to doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're going around, you, you obviously both had, both had some jobs around town. So how, how do you cut that and say, let's do this? <laughs> I always knew I wanted to open a restaurant. Yeah. Um, since the moment I went off and, and started cooking a lot more professionally, you know, you spend so many hours it, it's it's not easy work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i've cranked out so many hours hard working hours long hours long long shifts and at some point it's like i just want to i want to be able to uh walk into a place and completely unload my vision and creativity and as in all the aspects you know the way it looks the music it plays what the food tastes like, everything. That's what I've always wanted to do is just have my own place. Um, in terms of in terms of the concept, I mean, I actually have so many different ideas. You can ask her <laughs> every yeah. other week. I'm like, you know, for the next, if we ever open another one, we should do this. Or maybe if this doesn't work out, we should try this. But at the same time, it's exciting because I just, I guess, you know, I'm still just full of passion. And my job is to say, okay, hold on. Why don't we just get through this weekend? (laughs) So I'm a little bit of the like buzzkill in that situation. (laughs) But for me, it was, you know, I'm really risk adverse. And I, my dream was like never to be like a co-owner of a restaurant. Um, That was, but I, I mean, this guy is really persuasive. So (laughs) it took a little bit of convincing, but um I believed in it, man. And God, those dumplings are good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the yeah. first thing that I was kind of introduced to when I met his family, at, I remember the first Chinese New Year, I walked in and his sister and his mom had been making dumplings all day. Mm-hmm. And they were like hand rolling out each skin and stuffing them and folding them in this certain way. And his mom was trying to show me and I was like, I'm white. (laughs) I don't know how to do this. (laughs) This looks super complicated, but they were so delicious. And, you know, I mean, that's a big Chinese New Year. Like the dumplings are a big Chinese New Year cuisine. So I ate a ton of them and I was like, dude, we've got to like share this with people. So my goal at that point was to um, learn how to do them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so over time I did that and then, so I mean, I, I, I will take credit for the dumpling part of it <laughs> because I don't think he wanted to do a dumpling restaurant because it's so work intensive. True, that's true. But the fried chicken and I mean, it's all him. I mean, the every, when you walk in that place, it's Will's vision yeah. executed. I'm yeah. just along for the ride. Yeah, that's what I really like about it is that you know it's not it's not a super extensive menu, but like, but I think that helps because it really like you're nailing the stuff that I think you you, you can tell you, you you can do really well. Like the yeah, and so what made you what made you decide on like you know yeah yeah so, so dumplings I, I I can I can get that, but where where the like fried chicken and all the other things on your menu like how how did you come to that? You know, having a small menu a smaller menu it's harder to weed things out right i imagine it's you have to be pretty uh, specific on what you want to put on there 
Well, that's where the Will Sue genius comes yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. Well, fried chicken is delicious, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we opened, when we were opening Lucky Subs, we, this is before even dumplings was a concept. We were, I was trying to think about what, what, what do I sell? Because this opportunity came a little quicker than, uh, what, than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe I'm wrong, but I think that ideally most people have an idea and are like, okay, this is what I want to do. Now I got to look for the place. Mm-hmm. The place came to us and we're like, well, let's do it. But I don't have a name. I don't have a concept. I don't even know what it's going to look like. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, during some travels recently, I had come across eating uh, pollo asado a lot. In Kansas City, um, I've eaten um, a southeastern, like a Thai grilled chicken um, called Gayang, and it's almost it's it's almost like a parallel universe of pollo asado, which is just basically grilled chicken, mm-hmm. like butterfly spatchcock grilled chicken, and various sides to go with it, sauces. There's mm-hmm. always a starch, whether it's tortilla or rice. And I just remember at that very moment. I just fell in love with both those dishes, so I wanted to marry those two. Mm-hmm. So actually, the the chicken marinade we use for our grilled chicken and for our fried chicken, it's the same marinade. It's pretty much the same chicken. Mm. Um, one's bread and fried, but it's 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 elements of the uh, Mexican pollo asado and elements of the southeastern Thai version of the grilled chicken. Mm. So I wanted to do something with chicken, grill it, fry it. Just everything chicken. It also didn't help that beef prices were skyrocketing. So I wanted to try to eliminate <laughs> as much beef as possible from our menu at the time. Uh, then she came in with the idea of dumplings. And I was like, oh, man, we're going we're gonna to kill ourselves with this labor. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, she's right, though. I mean, dumplings, family, or family dumplings are really good. And you They're really so can't, you can't, and especially in this area, in this town, I mean, I haven't found anyone that, makes the dough from scratch and Mm it makes a filling from scratch and puts it all together um so okay let's try let's do chicken dumplings and then we just filled in this the space Mm -hmm. with other menu offerings and my i mean my initial way of convincing him was listen they'll come for the dumplings and then they'll stay for everything else so that was kind of our concept right nobody else in town does handmade dumplings like that and i figured that would be a pretty big pull i mean i assume that as a as a white person who absolutely (laughs) loves dumplings because i would be there all the time um but yeah i think that's what sold us on it and i think that's kind of how it's panned out so far so yeah i was gonna say that's been exactly our experience we came for the dumplings and then stayed for everything else and the dumplings too so yeah um going back to the dumplings a little bit obviously we've been talking about you know they're all made by hand takes a lot of time um how many do you make for a typical weekend if we had if we have 2500 dumplings on hand for the weekend we'd feel really good about the weekend wow Um, are you making them like all week (laughs) to get ready for friday and saturday when you're open yes yeah i would think so oh my god Sometimes uh, Saturday morning, (laughs) (laughs) there have been there have been Saturday mornings where his mom comes in to help and they are back there making dumplings and we're pulling them 
as you know orders come in huh. and that was more in the beginning you know when we had some we just didn't know how many yeah, we didn't have a frame of reference yeah. we thought maybe 500 to 800 for the weekend would be enough <laughs> oh man the first few weekends of opening was miserable to in, in that sense because we just totally under prepped right we barely got through friday night shift and then we're like okay i'll stay till two in the morning cranking out more and then waking up at seven o'clock at on saturday just to go back and make more just enough to get through lunch mm. call my mom hey during lunch can you make enough to get us through dinner <laughs> oh my god yeah and it was i i remember like the second weekend was it the second weekend or the first weekend we opened by saturday at like eight we like basically ran out of food wow. and i was like what and this is having like i i it was it was overwhelming in a good way but We've obviously learned from that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but it was just intense. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's kind of a, a big learning curve to kind of figure. It's always, I can always imagine that's the hardest thing about any, you know, whenever any restaurants open, I'm always like, how do you prepare for that first weekend? Like, you know, you don't know. You don't know. You know, you don't want to make all this food and then not Have, sell like, it. like too much extra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and on top of it, like, we were on the tail end of the pandemic, so we weren't exactly... Yeah aware of the carryout game in this <laughs> yeah. in this town um we're aware now but yeah. um i think i think we we just didn't know you know i know money was tight for is maybe still tight for a lot of people so we weren't just sure you know are we gonna have people investing in us when things are like that and so it was kind of yeah. i i mean prior to this i i managed uh, corporate um uh, chains uh, restaurant chains and i've done many openings for other restaurants, but we always had the the resources and tools to be able to forecast and know the demographics and know uh, what to expect and how many people to hire right off the bat and when to train and how to train. But opening up, you know, an independent restaurant, number one, store number one, you have none of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Almost. <laughs> but I, I did feel bad for the first you know every anytime we ran out of food i tell people that and they're like well that's a good thing right that's a good problem it's like well i feel bad because then people who set their hearts out that night to go out at 805 p.m they come in i'm, I'm sorry we're sold out of this 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 yeah. and this but but so really really cool too with the with the dumplings that i think i assume it kind of came out after after you got your your feet under you was was i love all these uh the, like the specials you do for each weekend so that seems like that's probably fun to kind of just kind of play around with that that format i guess you know just take a little twist on it i um those are something like the enchilada enchilada dumplings or something like that you know that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah i mean it's kind of fun it allows us to get a little bit creative and mm -hmm. we've thrown around some crazy ones where we're like yeah that's not going to work in a dumpling <laughs> you can't do that um, but we usually Wednesday or Thursday night come up with the dumpling special. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's fun to get creative with them. So, and it's always fun to, we, sometimes we don't always like taste when it all comes together. We'll taste elements of the special as we're putting it together. Um, but we don't like want to waste the dumpling special cause it's kind of a limited supply and all <laughs> of that stuff. So we don't necessarily get to eat it as is. I mean, mm. we have been able to do that a little bit more lately but it is always just so surprising to me because 
he'll say, okay, I'll come up with an idea. Like, let's do like a biscuits and gravy one. But I don't know how to execute that, mm. right? How do you make dumplings taste like biscuits and gravy? Mm. Is the biscuit the dumpling wrapper? What is it? And he, you know, this yeah. is Will Sue. So no, it's not just that. Um, <laughs> we're going to pour the gravy over it and we're going to put a poached egg on top. And then we're going to do... We're going to make handmade biscuits and we're going to crumble those and they'll be crispy. And that'll, you know, it's like stuff like that. And then you taste it and it tastes like biscuits and gravy. (laughs) Wow. And your brain kind of explodes a little bit. So uh, like we did a a chicken nacho and it tasted like chicken and nachos. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just so surprised. And I honestly had no hand in that one. I, I, that was all him. And so it is kind of fun to, to see how he executes it because it always has this little touch that you just like right. are kind of like really and then you try it and you're like no that's why it tastes a certain way so yeah it's, oh that's, that's awesome. pretty fun that's really fun yeah i was gonna ask if the what's been your favorite surprise uh, you know what's been a, a a one that you were like yeah this is this was the best like this was a great idea well like she was saying earlier it wasn't until two weeks ago that we started eating three weeks ago that we started actually being able to cook up an order, plate it the way that it's intended to be consumed and trying it. <laughs> so I, I think we missed out. I, at least I did. I, I know some of my staff, our staff, they've tried it uh, the way it is. And, uh, but I missed out on the first probably two months worth of uh, specials. Um, but from what I, I mean, the Italian meatballs, I mean, that's, that's been a, that's been a major hit. We actually ran that twice yeah. and would sell out. Even if the second time around, we'd like, okay, we're going to make three times more and we would still sell out of it. Wow. And that was, I think, the most requested, like, when are you going to bring that back? So we had a lot of that. But I think that the the um, with all these specials, all the creations, it's really just a big experiment. Yeah. Um, finding out what what's going to stay on our permanent menu when we expand our hours. Yeah, I think that's what's, I imagine that's kind of the fun part is like you said, you get to kind of play around with it, see what, you know, like you said, you have the solid, the solid stuff that, you know, brings people there kind of like you said. So it's like everything else you can kind of just, you can play with a little bit, see what, see what you can. So that's awesome. But as far, I mean, as far as the favorites, I, I tend to try the specials a little bit where I, I make it a priority to try the specials <laughs> a little bit more than he does. Um, I think my favorite's been the Italian meatball. I really liked the the chicken enchilada because the sauce is just really good. The the pho soup dumpling was really good. Mm. That one was really good. Oh yeah, the pho soup dumpling was like probably one of my top favorites. So you kind of mentioned it. You just touched on it there about you know when when you plan on expanding and and all that. So I wanted to one mention. I think it's really awesome um, when we saw it. You know, uh, so La Australia, which is another place we love. Um, you know, when we saw that, you know, you guys basically, you know, they were getting kicked out of that uh, plaza they were in. And I saw you guys kind of let them kind of, you're sharing a space right now. Um, I know it's only temporary, but that's really awesome. I, I love seeing that, that, you know, how that partnership come about that you kind of reached out to them and, and got that, the two of you connected. Well, they reached out to me, Raul, the owner of La Australia, uh, had come to me, um, because we both knew the situation they were gonna go through. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, at a, so the, our building, um, we were only utilizing a third of it for our space. And the other two thirds, it was vacant. Mm. So they wanted to put 
moved their tienda, their grocery side, mm-hmm. um, in the other space. I said, that's fine. Go for it. That's, that's a win-win for both of us. Right. Um, then when they got that situated, <laughs> he asked if he could just rent the entire place. And I'm like, hold on. We <laughs> have our own thing that's about to open. Um, but at the time, and this was in February or January, actually, mm-hmm. at the time, um, Hannah and I both had full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's actually the reason why, originally why we are only open Fridays and Saturdays, because we were going to, we didn't know how Lucky Steps was going to turn out right. financially. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want... Um, have a restaurant control and consume us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I told him, look, Sunday through Thursday can be yours. Mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday will be ours. Um, and that's kind of how it went. Yeah. So what do you have for, you know, when, uh, when you get more of that space, I guess you'll, you'll kind of open up more of a, a sitting area. And I think I saw you were working on a, like even working on patio and things like that. Is that what's the, yeah. Com- so we actually finished the, I mean, we call it a patio space, but it's mm-hmm. really just kind of like an outdoor space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that strip of, well, it was a strip of grass to the, if you're looking at the restaurant to the left of the restaurant, mm. kind of over that yeah, yeah. Um, driveway. So uh, we got it landscaped and so there's gravel and, you know, plants and all that down mm-hmm. now. So we're going to, we're currently um, hunting for picnic tables. We've got two out there now and other kind of outdoor oh. furniture. So that's going to be our outdoor space. We're hoping to get a lot of umbrellas and maybe build a fence at some point to kind of block off that view. Mm. Although, I don't know, the landscaper was like, you should keep it. It's like real steampunk. And I'm like, <laughs> that is kind of our vibe, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's it's really beautiful out there because that, uh, that field right across Iowa Street is where the sun sets. So it's, I mean, mm. and you get a nice sunset and it comes through that window and that's why it's so hot right now. But... Um, yeah, so the outdoor space is basically ready other than seating. I think it's a little hot right now, but, um, so that's, that's definitely our first move and that's going to be soon. And then, you know, once Lostre is able to move, we'll probably expand our eating area inside. So in addition to Lucky Sebs, I, uh, years ago I bought a, like a step van, um, to turn into a food truck. Mm. Oh. Uh, but I, I just, I was always so busy with other projects at the time that I just put that on the back burner. And uh, now I was thinking, you know, I should probably offer dessert off of that truck. So I'm actually going to turn it into an ice cream truck. Oh, um, man. Um, but we're not going to be, it's not going to be like pre made flavors. It's not like, uh, it's not like going to Silas and Maddie's and they've got like, 20 50 different flavors and freezers but it's basically um taking uh vanilla a base flavor and mixing blending it in with like oreos or cereal candy mm-hmm. stuff like that um so i thought that'd be kind of interesting and we'd, we'd permanently park it next to the restaurant uh right right by the outdoor seating area mm-hmm. that we've uh, recently built hopefully that'll be ready soon hish yeah salivating now i'm thinking about thinking about ice cream that sounds, that sounds good. get dumplings and then walk outside and get some ice cream some i ice mean cream. yeah what more could you want you know yeah. 
That's awesome. That's great. I wanted to ask, where, where's the where's the name Lucky Subs come from? We have a a one eyed cat that we adopted. Oh, his name is Sebastian. <laughs> so Seb is short for Sebastian. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, originally, I had thought up a name of Lucky Cat Diner, uh-huh. and um, I think at the time Gordon Ramsay had just opened up a restaurant called Lucky Cat. So I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's rude. Just... Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's just call it, name it after our cat. Aww. Yeah, we wanted to make it more personal, and we yeah. both love cats. We have three cats, um, and so it was. He's our he's our baby, though. Yeah, <laughs> I love the I, well. I love your logo and your art. That makes sense now. Yeah, I love yeah. the I love the I love the artwork Cute. and all that. That's, That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. He's actually just a cartoon looking cat <laughs> runs around. <laughs> actually, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's famous. He's he's the laziest boss, though. <laughs> yeah, he just lays and naps and bathes all day long. He's living the dream. He's living the dream, the American cat dream for sure. <laughs> but he keeps his eye on you, right? Yeah, so. yeah, just one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's funny. Um, you know, I wanted to ask a little bit more about the the fried chicken. So, what you know, you kind of mentioned how you know there's a you marinate it and all that. So, what you know, what kind of goes to making? I mean, it's such a, um, it's so good. Yeah, it's like ju- really it's so ju- crispy, but also juicy. Yeah, so kind of what goes into it. Let's see what doesn't go in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we've got a wet marinade full of spices mm-hmm. and herbs. I mean, there's fish sauce from the Thai mm-hmm. side of it. Um, there's cumin, for example, from the pollo asado side of it and agiote, but uh, it's just a wet marinade. We marinate the chicken and then we dredge it in um, mm. its flour and potato starch. Mm. So okay. potato starch just keep, gives it that crunchy element, yeah. the crunchier, kind of mm-hmm. like cornstarch. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We temp, we actually don't have a timer for our chicken while it's cooking. We just Take it out when we feel like it's about ready, and we temp every single batch of chicken, yep. every single piece, just so that we can get it to 165 or just above it, shortly above it. Right. You overcook chicken, it's not going to taste yeah. good. Yeah. So what? What about the sauces too? That compliment. I love that you have more of like, a, is it habanero type uh, sauce there, or is it a? Yeah, so it's a it's a, a salsa verde sort of salsa verde. Okay, and that's her recipe. That's yeah, that's recipe. my recipe. The green oh, salt nice. sauce is mine. Yeah, I like that. But I really, I really like that. Is a it's a curry. Yeah, it's the it's the yellow. It's a yellow coconut curry. Yellow coconut, yeah. and it's the same one uh, that we serve our dumplings with and our rotis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's that's probably yeah. That's one of my. I like the sweet and the, the spices in it. Mm. And then the sweet and sour. We make all our sauces in house, so everything's like made. So yeah. The sweet and sour we make, the um, the salsa verde, the coconut curry, the soy mixture we make. I, I couldn't decide which sauce to, to serve the fried chicken meals with. Mm-hmm. So we just, I just yep. ended up throw, putting in all of our, almost all of our sauces mm-hmm. in yeah. with it and letting the customers choose and report back which ones were their favorites. Yeah. Um, I kind of yeah, I like the options, you know, of you know, you get a little you can dunk a little bit in the heat, get a little bit of heat there, but then also uh you know, cool it down a little bit with that coconut. Yeah, that make that's kind of nice. And I really like the the rotis too. That that's a that's a cool 
you know, don't really, there's not really many places in town that, that do that as, as well. Having like the, the roti wraps and I love being able to put the chicken in it, wrap it up, dunk it in, dunk it in the sauce. That's a, mm, that's a good bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The inspiration was kind of like, well, when you have pollo asada, you have your tortilla, right? Right. So yeah. we were thinking about serving tortillas and then we're like, why would we do that? We're, that's not like our vibe, you know? So right. what can we do? And we had had, we had traveled to Salt Lake City to visit a friend of his and had this, it's called roti chennai is the type that we use. It's actually a Malaysian style roti. Mm -hmm. So you throw it, throwing the roti, which is basically making it really thin. And then you kind of create all these layers. And then when you flatten it, those layers are kind of in it. So we can put it on the flat top. It kind of puffs up and does its thing and crisps mm -hmm. up. So we had had it for the first time in, in Salt Lake. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And when we both just kind of like locked eyes over the table and I was like, yeah, no, yeah. this should be it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of how that came about for the fried chicken meal. And then also for the um, the grilled chicken meal. The grilled chicken meal comes with that as well. Um, one thing that's also really cool about your menu is that um, it's really accessible for any diet. I think I read somewhere that your XO sauce is actually vegan. So for me, I mean, I don't have any specific dietary restrictions or anything like that. But um, I'm real worried about the environment. <laughs> um <laughs> As, as we all should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, I think it's important to to bring people who are making like food choices and lifestyle choices, uh, like of eating less meat or being healthier or whatever, um, letting them have some delicious food as well. And mm -hmm. so it was kind of important to me to have vegetarian options and vegan options. And so by the time we kind of got, he, he came up with the XO, but I, I, I came up with the... Um, the vegetable recipe. So to me, it was really important that that was both vegan and vegetarian mm. um, as a staple. And then you can tell them about their XO sauce. Well, the XO traditionally is made with dry cured scallops, shrimp, mm. Chinese sausage, uh, just just a lot of a lot of cured meats. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's just cooked down, blended up together, and it just tastes so fantastic. <laughs> um, and that was gonna that was gonna be the route that we were going for, but then I started thinking, well, what if someone's vegetarian or vegan? What are we just gonna have like a, a non, just a regular fried rice for them, or mm -hmm. did we just come up with a, a, a vegan friendly XO sauce? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we did. So we uh, took what do we do? We take umami rich non meat ingredients. And just made it work. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's. I mean. Yeah. It really. It really blends in really nice. And I. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It. It just has a really deep. That. Yeah. It's that umami flavor that you'd normally expect with an XO sauce. So it's kind of a. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. I'd say. I'd say you nailed it. But how long did that take to figure that out? I mean, it just seems like something that would take some time to, <laughs> figure that play out. With, play yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, some dirty secrets come out. <laughs> <laughs> we. I I made one the first batch I made just in my mind thinking okay this might work and it did work it was good so the first week and we opened we went with that batch mm -hmm. um, and then uh, for family meal on Saturday night we I'd cooked one and we all sat down and started eating it and was thinking this needs something else so week two was a slightly revised batch 
Mm. Week three was the, another revised batch. It took mm. probably about five or six revisions to get to where we are now. Mm. So early diners out there, <laughs> you got uh, the beta <laughs> testing of the EXO sauce. Not that it's much different. It just, it's almost, it's like, okay, maybe a little bit more salt, a little bit more acidity, a little bit more whatever it is, X, mm. Y, and Z. Until it, we just finally recently were like, we nailed it. I feel like we nailed it. I mean, yeah, it sounds like in general, you know, it's a lot of things, right? It's, it takes a lot. It just takes some time to play with it. You make it enough. It, repetition does have, I mean, dumplings are the epitome of repetition, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, that's really cool. Um, what's, uh, I always like to ask, what's your favorite thing on the menu? If you could only pick one thing off of the menu, what would you, uh, what do you go to? Oh, so, uh, you know, I'm a dumpling girl. Yeah. <laughs> I could eat a thousand pork dumplings and I'd be totally happy. Mm-hmm. So I have to go with the pork dumplings because I'm a traditionalist. But the XO is really good. Um, I like actually the, the tofu. It's marinated. And and mm. one good thing about the XO not only is that you can have a vegan version, we'll cook it, you know, special with no egg. Um but you, it's also gluten-free because the uh, tofu that we fry is marinated and then breaded in um, rice flour. Mm. So you're not missing out on that. And then also our lemongrass meatballs if it's just a gluten, you know, allergy or whatever preference. Um, yeah, those meatballs are good. Those up. are so good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so I, I, I love the XO with tofu, actually. Mm. It's one of my, like, go-to dishes if I'm really feeling mm. rice yeah i mean the xo uh, unless you get fried chicken it's gluten-free because we put gluten-free soy sauce in there as well uh my favorite dish fried chicken sandwich mm. yeah hands know. down fried chicken i can eat that every day <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. it's so good <laughs> That's awesome. well what are what 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 stuff that have you tried like what do you guys like i'm the xo fried rice with the lemongrass chicken meatballs girl that's me and the dumplings of course we always get dumplings we yeah. share in order pork dumplings and then yeah and so far I've, I've only i've had the done the fried chicken and then i've done the like the street chicken too which is the grilled chicken but yeah both of the both of those are oh we got a salad oh yeah i did the salad yeah too. that was also really good yeah but uh but yeah that's what we've gotten so yeah i want to try the fried chicken sandwich i haven't done the sandwich version of it but i will be this weekend (laughs) (laughs) i can't i can't get away from the yeah the chicken to me that's i i like i like a fried chicken where you kind of get your hands dirty you get to dip 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 it in and have the roti and all that so i always yeah i really like that but yeah i really i really like the 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 grilled chicken especially i actually yeah i think i would gravitate more towards the grilled chicken probably just because i really like the uh, you know, it just really, really does have a, a great flavor to it. And, and I think it must be, uh, the, the key is that it's not dry, right? It's the, um, it, you think you, you nail the temperature there. So it's not too overcooked or anything. That's a problem. I think grilled chicken can often, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get that way where it, it gets cooked a little too much. And then now, now it's dry, but now it's so that I'm sure the marinade has something to do with that too. It gets super juicy. Um, well, now you got me wanting more food uh, but yeah no, that's just cool I, I really like i really like that you you've kind of followed your your instincts there on what what you wanted to put on the menu kind of kind of what you what you like and and all that i'd be intrigued to see so, so you think in the future you'll probably take 
you know, if you expand, do you think you'll, you'll kind of start looking at offering more things or do you think you like that concept? I'd like those, you know, kind of here's the certain things we do and, and just crank those out. We want to expand a menu, but we don't want to go too big. We don't want mm-hmm. to have a novel and, you know, of a menu, but at the same time, we also might be the other, the other plan B was to just replace some items with something new. Hmm. Uh, but I think we still will expand it. Um, just not too much. Right. We just yeah, got to right. be real careful on what we put out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, the thing is, is when I open, when we decided to do Lucky Sebs, I didn't want it to be a Chinese restaurant or right. an Asian restaurant necessarily. Uh, in fact, I tell people, as silly as it might sound to some people, but I, it's it's just a, it's an American establishment, yeah, yeah, with influences and inspirations from my heritage, from my roots. Um, so I don't want to keep adding a ton of noodle dishes or stir fried dishes. I know we had a pad thai offering one weekend as just a, a special because we had um, we acquired some Chinese uh, garlic chives, mm-hmm. which is what is traditionally um, used in Pad Thai mm-hmm. in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Here in the States, a lot of restaurants substitute that with just green scallions, mm-hmm. which don't put off a whole lot of flavor. They almost do nothing to the mm-hmm. dish. Um, but it's there as color, right? So uh, I wanted to do a, a pad thai special while we had it. And I've had customers ask and ask us if we could put that permanently on the menu. I've had my staff ask me about it. And I said, I don't want to be a, you know, <laughs> known as like a Thai restaurant now. Because the moment I started doing that, and I have a lot of recipes just from my parents' restaurants. Sure. And I could mm-hmm. easily just start adding a bunch of delicious Chinese food, Thai food, um, Korean food, but it's, that's not the direction I want to take it. So I think that's why, that's what I mean when I say, I want to be really careful on on our offerings. I want it to just still stand out as like, this is the place that just sells and offers a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Things that are familiar, like fried chicken and dumplings and things that aren't so familiar, like uh, roti and dip or Mm-hmm. Um, loaded kimchi fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's smart to uh, you know smart to follow your passions there, right? Because I think yeah, if you go down that other road, you'd kind of be like you get in that spot where you're like, I'm I'm not having fun doing this, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think the key to yeah cranking out good stuff is is the fact that you can tell you can tell your pat it comes through when 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 you oh, order yeah. and and you can see even you know just yeah just everything you get there. It's like you can see the the passion you have for it, and yeah. so that's really cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's good. I think it's good to, good to stick to that. So that's, that's awesome. But, um, yeah, what's, um, you know, the other thing I just, you know, you guys took a big, st- you know, not only did you take a step of opening a restaurant, but you know, you, you opened at the tail end, you know, really in the tail end of COVID here. So, I mean, but I mean, still, like you said, it's, you know, you didn't know what you were going into. So what's that been like kind of, you yeah, know, how has that kind of colored your experience, I guess, um, 
of opening a restaurant or has it maybe it hasn't since you know like you said carry out game was pretty strong from the start yeah my vision for the place was conceived Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic we acquired the space uh, way before uh, several months before that happened and Mm. well no just a few months just a few yeah and I all I knew was I wanted this uh Isekai, this Japanese tavern kind of vibe, this like quaint diner feel. Mm. Um, kind of so where people just sit at the bar, uh, we're cooking right in front of them, we can mm-hmm. interact with them. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. That's that was my vision. <laughs> and we're getting a lot of takeout business, <laughs> which I it's I, I get it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. upset. Um, I'm actually happy that people are still able or willing to come out and support us mm-hmm. uh, any way they can. Um, but the hardest thing this has been was probably food costs because when mm-hmm. we opened, it was the tail end. Or maybe it's not the tail end. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, but. yeah. yeah I, right? I, I, we, we, don't know. We, we all say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not yeah. thinking when. maybe now. Like, don't... <laughs> But the, during this time, a lot of, according to all of our suppliers and purveyors, a lot of restaurants have been reopening or opening. Mm-hmm. And so supply mm-hmm. has gone down and demand has gone up. So I mean, Pay for that. in March, our first order of chicken was like 99 cents a pound. Um, okay. Now it's almost 250 a pound. Whoa. And just in two months oh my god so (laughs) what do we do do we raise our prices to make up for it right but i don't want to do that um so i think we're just kind of play the waiting game and hope that things calm down in the next few months but is that yeah you guys really uh i mean the space you have i mean it's i love that that style like you said you kind of set it up where yeah you you could sit at that bar, you sit, sit up there and you can see the, you know, be right there and in, in front of you, are cooking right there. I mean, I think we've, we've, we've just done takeout so far uh, as well, but, um, but every time I go in, it's like, oh man, like. Just well, looks so inviting, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like freaking what? COVID. <laughs> I don't know. The other challenge we've kind of faced is like, again, like our expectations of how, how it would go and how it would be received and. I think our initial our initial idea was, you know, there was a lot of weekend eatery, mon pa weekend eatery getting mm. thrown around, just the two of us, you know. <laughs> and and then we opened and it was clear that it was not just going to be the two of us and maybe a cashier. Mm. Um, so adjusting our expectations in that way. And that was a challenge, I think. For anybody listening who waited a really long time for food at the beginning when we opened, we have streamlined and we have learned from our mistakes. <laughs> um, and so just things like that, you know, mm-hmm. like how much food to prep and how many dumplings do we need on hand? And um, why does it take 45 minutes to get someone their food? <laughs> like those yeah. things are, I think, a challenge for any restaurant. But those were things that we um, kind of went through and yeah, we're getting people's food out much quicker yeah. these days. Even if we're busy, we're still getting food out pretty quick, I think. We just kind of figured out. We unlocked the, the code. Well, another question that we've liked um, asking people um, since COVID has been a thing is what is your favorite um, either takeout order or patio dining spot in town? Other than your own. Other than, yeah, <laughs> other than like I said. So 
we uh, have always eaten a lot at La Estrella. I mean, that's like our go-to, like, crave place. Um, And now we eat there a lot (laughs) because it's real close. (laughs) What's your your go-to order there? Oh, the um, Al Pastor quesadilla or Mm. Al Pastor tacos or their carnitas. Mm-hmm. Their uh, their pozole is mm-hmm. on point. Uh, for staff meal, they've made a green mole, which is actually pepitas. So they've they've served up some of that with chicken, and that's amazing. Mm. Um, but yeah, their their carnitas and mm. al pastor is on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you can't had. beat the convenience of uh, yeah. Of, of, yeah. Of <laughs> you just walk next door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, we also made it a point to, at the start of it, that if we were to go out, because we didn't go out for a long time. Right. Uh, we cooked at home almost for the first several months. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, uh, we just were afraid of all that. And right. But when we did go out, we wanted to spend our money at um, local establishments that we wanted to, you know, stay in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I mean, there was a lot. We, we, because prior to the pandemic, we would eat out. Or I ate out all the time. I never really cooked at home because you cook for a living. <laughs> you come <laughs> home, you just kind of want to just be be entertained. You know, if you're already right. the entertainer. Yeah. Um, so we just made our rounds. I mean, there's too many places to list off the top yeah. of my head. But yeah, those were the places mm-hmm. we went to. Our Argana. I don't know if you've been to Argana. It's over on. Yeah. Yeah, it's right yeah. about John Brown now. Right? We we yeah, we, we went like the one time that it was open yeah. pre-fire. Yeah, went to their oh, yeah. old yeah. location, and then yeah, it was like we were gonna go back, and then we we're like they saw the news, we we're like, oh no! But I'm glad they reopened. Oh, yeah, they're above. Uh, they're above yeah, their John food Brown. is really good. We like going there. Um, we've hit up like Jay Wilson's in Six Mile when it's a little bit been calmer as far mm-hmm. as like the COVID stuff. Towny Staples, like yeah. wheat fields. <laughs> wheat fields. Oh, yeah. Newer mm-hmm. places like Fields and Ivy, Latchkey. Uh, really just. Yeah. yeah. So many All places. So many so good many spots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, that's what, you know, the, big, the biggest thing I've seen, you know, there's been quite a few places, you know, it's going into COVID. We were, you know, both like, oh my God, I really hope. We're like, this is it. Lawrence is over. Yeah. Well, like, no, <laughs> are they going to make it? Yeah, we're um, like, I really hope these places can make it, but you know, I've been really happy to see. I mean, there's really, really a very good, few casualties. I think. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like yeah. I don't know. It just seems like yeah, and I hopefully that speaks to yeah. I think that's why, that's why we started this podcast in this town because I think there's yeah. at least a good uh, good following of people that understand the value of having some good local local eaters. Well, as a as a semi outsider who's been adopted, it really warms my heart because where I'm from. It, so my parents live in like the Northwest Arkansas, like Rogers area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up in Eureka Springs, which is very like mom and pop. And it's, <laughs> they have all these staples that have been there forever. And I think mm-hmm. one closed due to COVID and I was so sad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Rogers area has become more and more like chains and mm-hmm. it's just been exploding. And so it makes me kind of sad that like the, there's not a lot of like, kind of like grassroots places popping up in my hometown. Right. And so it really makes me happy that the community here gets behind people and it's just like, yep, yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, you can't close. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 a real testament to like yeah. how much Lawrence loves food and how much, you know, people band together. And we really mm-hmm. appreciate all the support. I think we've been kind of overwhelmed with how mm. how nice and and 
gracious people have been and supportive. It's been awesome. Well, thanks to two of you for joining us today, man. It's been great kind of hearing out how, how you guys got started and, you know, just kind of, just, just hearing it's just, yeah, it's, oh, oh, it sounds like it's been kind of a wild ride, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, glad, glad, glad you're there and it's, I'm excited to see what comes next. I think you guys, yeah, it, you guys really got a good formula going there. It's, uh, mm, I'm hungry now, so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always hungry. <laughs> Well, very cool. Um, but no, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if guys, people listening haven't checked you out. So yeah, you guys, a great location too, right there, just uh, just north of uh, 23rd Street. So right off of Iowa, right? So tucked in behind, um, right there next to West Coast Saloon. And like we said, you guys are sharing, you got a lot of a lot of Tienda in there as well. So um, yeah, no, just uh, make sure you guys, so yeah, you're just open on, uh Right now you're doing Fridays and Saturday nights, right? Mm-hmm. Fridays from uh, 4 to 9 and then Saturdays from 11 to 9. Awesome. Nice. And uh, and you guys are on, uh, you guys do a really good job on your Instagram. I think your Facebook too, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that's like, you can always see your specials there and, and pictures of the food to get you hungry. So that's good. And you guys have been doing uh, frozen uh, frozen dumplings too. I think I've seen it. Yeah, for our staples, we do. Um, you can get twenty frozen either vegetable or pork, mm. um, and they come with instructions and dates and all that stuff. Yeah, that's a really that's a co- really cool option to do. I think that's really cool. That, you know, you can always well, you could home. use one right now, right? Because you're. Like, I know. That's right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Know. If we had ordered, yeah, if we had gotten that, that would have been a, that would have been smart. So it's, it's an emergency stash. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. So, so yeah, definitely everyone should get out there, give you, give you guys a, a try there. And, um, yeah, thanks again for talking. Thanks so much for having us. We had fun. Thank you. It's nice to talk yeah. to you guys. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lawrence Forking, Kansas. We had a blast chatting with Will and Hannah Sue from Lucky Seb's Dumpling Bar and Grill. And if you're able to support the local food scene and businesses during these times, we encourage you to do so. I mean, you can order, as we've shown here, you can order delicious food with takeout or uh, you can eat it on their patios. And there's such great options out there for everything you could possibly want. We're going into the summer season here, so there's so much local produce, um, farmers markets, CSAs. Um, and then you can always donate to the Lawrence Hospitality Workers Relief Fund via the GoFundMe, and a uh, link to that is on the uh, in our episode description here. Something else that you can do to help support the local food scene is to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating. That'll help other people find us and kind of spread the word about what's going on in Lawrence. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Lawrence Forking Kansas, Instagram at Lawrence Forking Kansas, and Twitter at Lawrence Forking. You know, feel free, find our pages, like it, uh, ask us some questions, comment on stuff. We love kind of hearing back from from people listening. Um, would love to uh, know where you want to hear from. We're, we're always open to suggestions and um, love to get the feedback. And if you are a restaurant or a food business owner here in town and you're interested in coming on the show, please just go ahead and reach out to us on social media or you can send us an email at lawrenceforkingkansas at gmail.com and let us know. We are always looking for new people to talk to and would love to have you on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.